The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk. Now, Joe Biden isn't the only American flying this side of the Atlantic this week to soak up Irish culture. I'm joined in studio by The O'Malley. Hey, Pat. The O'Malley, former U.S. Governor of Maryland, Martin O'Malley. Uh, he's going to talk about the Biden visit, the Good Friday Agreement and all of that, but also why he is the chosen one, yeah. the O'Malley. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> I, I'm not only the chosen one, I was the longest awaited awaiting one. So I am the chieftain, duly elected, of the O'Malley clan. We select uh, for 70 years... The O'Malley Clan International has been gathering somewhere in Ireland, usually in Connemara or, or, or Limerick. And for 70 years in a row, we've done this. I think it's probably the longest running kind of clan association gathering of any of the families in Ireland. And so I'm very humbled, chuffed, uh, honored to be the O'Malley. I get to sign my bar tabs T-H-E for one year, <laughs> and following me will be uh, the, the our current Tanishta, uh, Nano uh, O'Malley McMahon, uh, and... Um, and so it goes. And, and so, so I was over well, here well, nailing down the details. We're going to have our gathering on Clare Island on June 23rd, 24, 25, uh, and Westport. And then President Biden decided to come over the same week. So, uh, so it's exciting, exciting time to be here in Ireland. Now, besides being able to refer to yourself as the O'Malley for a year, <laughs> what other onerous responsibilities do you have? Pat, the huge responsibility is to make sure the gathering goes off without a hitch that everyone has fun, and that the strict rules of participation are observed. The only people that are allowed to come to the O'Malley gathering are O'Malley's, people once married to O'Malley's, or anybody that wants to be friends with an O'Malley. Other than that, it's a, it's a limited group. It's a fairly broad church. It's broad. It's a broad church. We're not an exclusive clan. We are a uh, intermarrying, lovable, uh, fun-loving clan. So we're probably going to have uh, you know, 300, 400 people on Clare Island. I hope we don't sink it, but mm. it's a beautiful spot. We're going to have music bands on the beach. Sean Davey, Rita Connolly, uh, Donna Lunny, uh, 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 Luca Bloom. So we're going to have okay. some great music. Some great and, music. And that's my responsibility, is to make sure there's enough bur- burgers, make sure the sound man gets nailed down, and that all the musicians mm. are happy and have a bed at least for a couple hours. Now, um, let's talk politics for a moment. Uh, Joe Biden uh, arranged his trip uh, not to coincide with yours, but it <laughs> happens to coincide with yours. Will you meet the man uh, when he's here? I certainly hope so. I think so. I will. I will be. I'm planning to be there and uh, for the speech in Ballina, and uh, it's a small place, and and uh, he has a, a couple great staffers with him that uh, are are friends of mine, and. and his uh, press secretary uh, uh, actually worked for me at one time in in my own presidential campaign. So, uh, so I, I hope to see him, and I'm certainly going to be hearing him in uh, Balana. Now, um, Joe Biden has indicated, but has not announced his uh, intention to run next year, which is kind of a, I suppose, a fine distinction um, because he doesn't want to be, I don't know, just touted as uh, having announced when he hasn't announced. But what difference does it make? Well, there, there's. Um, I, I'm not sure what difference it makes. Uh, uh, I think the longer you're out there as a candidate, the more uh, I suppose the more open, susceptible you are to criticism that things you're doing of an official nature are actually purely political. Uh, so I'm not. I'm not sure why. Uh, uh, what a difference it makes. I'm glad he's running again. Um, in hindsight, even though a, a lot of people said that he that he could not win that primary in a crowded field, uh, the fact is that he did. 
and probably was the only one in that field that could have defeated Donald Trump in that year. So uh, I'm glad he's running. Unemployment is down. Wages are rising for the first time in a long time in the United States. I think we went, Pat, two decades in a row without Mm -hmm. wages actually going up, rather declining for most Americans. So wages are up. Unemployment is down. Our country's doing better. Despite our detour there in the Trump years, uh, the international community is welcoming us back with a sigh of relief. And so uh, I'm glad he's running again. And uh, I I think he's the uh, I think he's going to be strong and Mm -hmm. I think he's going to win a second term if he should choose to run. Now, if he should choose to run, if he chose not to run at this late stage, you know, for the Democrats a bit late to organize a, a, an alternative candidate that could build up enough steam to take on, whether it's Ron DeSantis or another or um, the Donald himself. Yeah, perhaps. I, I mean, I say that to you with a smile because I no longer feel I'm capable of predicting anything about American politics. Uh, there are some who would say that perhaps our presidential selection uh, process and our campaigns are way too long. Uh, yeah. If uh, there would be no shortage of people, I think that would that would rise to the <laughs> challenge. Yeah. And I the mean, occasion. when you look back to Obama's rise, um, it was meteoric. It, well, there's all there's usually in any. Um, a year, there is some phenomenon, somebody that emerges yeah. that you would not have been able to to predict. Uh, uh, so um, I, I suppose the one downside is if he were to choose not to run, uh, that it might be a limited time. But I, I don't know. In, in this day and age, I think there are enough people that would jump in. A person could become very well known very, very mm. quickly. The... Uh, and 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 I I think that uh, I think the chances of his not running are slim to none. I think he's I think he's going to run, and um, I think his wife has told all of us that as well. Yeah. Um. Do you, would you prefer Trump to be the candidate or not? Ooh. On the I, Republican side. I would hope that the you know our country, our country really needs the Republican Party again. I know that may sound strange coming from a Democrat, but I truly believe our eagle flies best when both wings are flapping. And we have not had a functioning Republican Party for a long time, and we're suffering because of it. We need that balance. And uh, so I would hope the Republican Party, I'm not a Republican, but I would hope uh, that the Republican Party would turn the page on Donald Trump. You're you're looking uh, for a Republican Party that might be of uh, George Bush Sr. or Mitt Romney, that kind of Republican Party? Yeah, well, the one I carry in my heart uh, and the the candle burning for is the the Republican Party of Lincoln. Uh, That's the Republican Party I'd like to see back. You you know, you don't make a you don't make a hairpin turn like that after Donald Trump in in any one cycle. But I would hope that the. the Republicans of goodwill can turn the page on Donald Trump. And uh, every time another candidate announces for president in the Republican Party, whether it's Nikki Haley recently or whether it's DeSantis continuing to say that, that uh, you know, making every move that he's running for president, I think Donald Trump's allure and luster uh, start to dissipate. And uh, the recent uh, uh, charges finally brought against them. I think there'll be other charges, and um, so I think I would hope the Republican Party turns its uh, uh, the, uh, turns the page. I'm not so craven that I would like to see Donald Trump run again, just because it might be, he might be the the one candidate. most easily defeated. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I, I, you know, I, I think that you might get too cute by half, and I think we should not underestimate and. 
you know, it was a very sobering and humbling experience as an American to see my country turn that way and vote for a man like that. Mm. Uh, uh, we we came. There are very few republics that return from that abyss of electing somebody who was so obviously, uh, you know, autocratic, dictatorial, uh, disregarding of the rule of law or the constitutional norms that for 240 of the prior years of my nation's uh, history uh, um, governed us, uh, provided the guardrails and uh, allowed us to be a beacon of but the, freedom the, and hope. The, the, the conventional wisdom now is that Donald Trump was not a cause of all of this, but a, 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 symptom a symptom of what was happening. Yeah, well, well, whether cause or symptom, I don't know. Um, uh, well, he was. Um, I don't know how to respond to that one uh, because Pat. I mean, uh, you can say it was a symptom, but that that, that doesn't make him any less of a threat when he's sitting there yeah. in the presidency of the United States. But, and but what he did to, to uh, Republicans, who you know, Joe Biden. Uh, allegedly got well, uh, you know, dealing with people across the aisle when he was in the Senate. Uh, and yet those people that he dealt with suddenly became the creatures of Donald Trump. Mitch McConnell, for example, you know, did unconscionable things. Um, if you looked at Mitch maybe 20 years ago and Mitch now, why? Yeah, there, there were not many. There were not many badges of courage to be given out uh, uh, during those years. Um, uh, however, there were there were many there were some people uh, Republicans that did speak out. There were um, some that uh, actively campaigned. There were some that uh, you know put their fortunes and sacred honor on the line mm. in order to oppose him. So, and if they hadn't, uh, we wouldn't be in the better place that we are in yeah. right now. Um, so. Uh, uh, I have I have hope, and this is why, because if you talk to the younger people of the United States of America, you want to know where a country's going, talk to our young people under 25. You won't find many of them that uh, uh, that are uh, that you would say are under Donald Trump's, uh, you know, uh, no, because control. he is a, a figure of fun. Uh, Saturday Night Live regular target. Uh, Donald Trump is. And he may if that makes people laugh. I mean, the one thing is very hard to recover from is derision. Uh, yes, I, I love that. You know, we were talking right before we went on the air about that Saturday Night Live skit with Donald Trump standing in front of the uh, frozen relief of, <laughs> of, of the of, uh, Da Vinci's Last Supper. Uh, but there were a lot of people laughing at him when he rose. I was not mm. among them. I, 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 my sense at the time was that this was a danger combination of man moment and uh, that moment being one of profound anger and disillusionment among a lot of my fellow Americans in the ability of their own country to have their back, to give them the ability to do better by their mm. kids than their fathers and mothers had done by them. And uh, so I did not laugh at him on the way up. I and I don't have the sense, though, I have the sense that he's dissipating, that he's on the decline and yeah. that um, and that w that he will continue to to dissipate. But there are so many things that you'd like to correct if you could. But the, the, the way to correct them is is impenetrable. For example, gun law. I mean, again, uh, yeah, we had another mass shooting, just another mass shooting in Louisville. In Louisville, and this guy was a former employee of the bank, leaving mm. uh, half a dozen people dead and more injured in hospital, whatever it was, it, it was a mass shooting. 
and how do you how do you stop that? How do you, for example, limit the amount of money that people have to spend on elections? You've been through elections. You yeah. know how much it costs. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it really is. There's a, there's a, there's a, <laughs> we could have how long do you have? I mean, we could we could talk about this one for hours. Um, let me let's touch on the two of them. Uh, in my own state, after the slaughter of those innocent kids in Connecticut in that classroom. Uh, our state passed, uh, state of Maryland, when I was governor, passed comprehensive gun safety legislation that included a ban on combat assault weapons, uh, limit um, on size of magazines, licensing fingerprints, training, all of that stuff. Sadly, we were one of the very few states that was able to pass that, mm. even in the wake of that horror. And then we've seen horrors unfold now. Sadly, in my own country, people are, are, are almost numb and resigned to the notion that we're not going to be able to do something about it. I don't believe that. I believe that there is a rising supermajority of young people across our nation uh, that want to ban combat assault weapons. Secondly, on the, on the, with regard to the structural deficiencies of my own democracy right now, clearly throwing out equal time. Uh, doctrines like, uh, you know, the fairness doctrine on our airwaves and the huge infusion opening the door to independent expenditures. The super PACs. Super yeah. PACs, dark money PACs, all of that stuff has had a very corrosive, corruptive uh, effect on our democracy and the trust we should have as Americans that when we make our decision altogether, that it's not something yeah. that's been determined But your by problem money. is you're asking the turkeys to vote for Christmas, or in your case, Thanksgiving, um, because politics Politicians don't want to give up maybe a valuable source of funding in their constituency. Yeah, well, there's always there's always the inertia of the way we've been doing things. But I think people across the United States are actually way ahead of their leaders on wanting to have publicly financed campaigns. Uh, when you think of the huge amount of money we spend as a people through that common platform we share, that table of democracy called our federal government, a little sliver of that would allow us to have Congress people that don't have to become telemarketers the second we elect them, <laughs> calling everybody but their constituents in order to get money for the next yeah. election. So I'm for publicly financed elections. I am for eliminating the Electoral College. I am for restoring equal time and the fairness doctrine to our primary debates instead of allowing the wonderful world of Disney to determine which candidate is the most entertaining. Um, your own future in electoral politics, any? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> no. I think I am the, like the minstrel boy. I died on the battlefield and I and I tore its cords asunder. So no more uh, electoral ambitions? None for me. My wife ran for attorney general this last year in Maryland, ran a very noble uh, uphill campaign coming four and a half points short. But uh, uh, so I, I can never tell you what my wife will do. Katie O'Malley does whatever Katie O'Malley wants to do. But for my my own part, I think I've had my day in the sun. I was honored to have been mayor of Baltimore, governor of Maryland, and now the final uh, you know, title on my tombstone will be chieftain of the O'Malley Clan <laughs> International for the big gathering yeah. uh, this we, June. We, we should conclude with one area where uh, the, the GOP and the Democrats are, I think, at one, and that's the Good Friday Agreement. Uh, the Good Friday Agreement. Uh, b b um, yeah, we're celebrating 25 years of that, and uh, it's hard even to use the word celebrate because we see it's a tenuous time again, yeah. and we have to continue to stay at the table. I was honored as a young man to have worked in, in you know, 1983 for United States Senator Gary Hart. 
he was the first presidential candidate to put forward the policy, the commitment that eventually made it into the Democratic platform of all party talks and a U.S. peace envoy. And uh, that has been part not only the uh, Democratic policy since that moment forward, especially once Hart won New Hampshire and Walter Mondale adopted the identical uh, statement, but then it became U.S. policy. And it's one of the things I think Americans should be very proud of, that we have played a role in what was a 700-year uh, wound and a lot of violence, a lot of hurt. A lot of people standing by graves of their loved ones, and there's better days ahead, but we need to stay at the table, and, and we need to continue to work on this process, and that's why I'm so elated to, to be here at the same time as President Biden uh, underscores that uh, journey. Martin O'Malley, the O'Malley. <laughs> Great to <laughs> be with you, Thank you very man. much Thank for joining you. us Call in studio. <laughs> the Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.